0: My name is Shereen Wetmore, and I am an attorney in the San Francisco office of Cypher Shaw. Today, I want to talk to you about the four P's, Pumas, Pandemics, and Persistent Positives. And no, by the end of this podcast, I don't expect that will make any more sense than it does right now. And that is because in this topsy-turvy pandemic world, sometimes we just don't have the answers, or at least not yet. And that is true for scientists, doctors, epidemiologists, politicians, and lawmakers, workers, and especially employers. In August 2020, the CDC snuck in a little note in their ever-changing guidance to say that individuals diagnosed with COVID-19 may be immune for up to three months. Maybe? More recently, the CDC put up, then pulled down, then put up again, guidance regarding how SARS-CoV-2 a.k.a. the novel coronavirus, the virus that causes COVID-19, may be aerosolized, i.e. tiny particles can linger in the air and travel distances greater than six feet. For a cough, a recent MIT researcher found these tiniest droplets can travel up to 26 feet. There is a lot of information out there and it is tough to sort through it all. And in the meantime, Employers are supposed to be reacting in real time to the developing science, as well as the ever-changing guidelines from states, counties, cities, and other local governmental agencies, never mind customer and client expectations. If you've been using the Cypher COVID Resource Center, or our handy return to work guidelines, you know that one of the first things employers need in their COVID toolkit is a plan. A series of adaptable policies at the ready. To determine in a fair and orderly way who to bring back to the office and when and what the protocol will be like when they get there. In the months after the pandemic was declared, employers raced to put their COVID response team together to create their policies and update them seemingly daily to respond to the ever-changing rules of the pandemic. Now many months in, many employers have brought teams back and are facing new challenges, putting them once again at the very edge of the science. What am I talking about? Let's unpack that phrase from the August CDC guidance. A person diagnosed with COVID-19 may be immune for up to three months. First, maybe, means we don't know. We can't say for certain that someone who's been diagnosed is immune. The guidance to date says that a person likely is immune because there isn't any evidence of individuals becoming reinfected within three months. But, says the CDC, if a person has recovered and begins to show symptoms during that time period, they may need to be re-evaluated for a reinfection of COVID-19. In other words, we think you can't get reinfected unless you have additional symptoms and it turns out that you can. (laughs) To date, there is only one known case of reinfection in an individual in Hong Kong who contracted the disease four and a half months after his initial recovery. As of right now, we don't know of any person or animal that is totally immune to the novel coronavirus. Don't believe me? In April 2020, National Geographic reported that five tigers and three African lions at the Bronx Zoo were diagnosed with COVID-19. And there are stories of mink in Utah and a small number of pets, cats, and dogs worldwide contracting the virus. But scientists think that like other coronaviruses, cold, SARS, MERS, catching the virus and getting over it likely creates immunity for a short period at least following diagnosis. How do they know? Antibodies. My colleagues have some great content on our website about testing for antibodies. But what fascinates me the most are two anomalies that are popping up more and more in the literature. And these anomalies are at opposite ends of the COVID-19 spectrum. Persistent positives and long haulers. Let's start with long haulers. Long haulers are individuals who were exposed to the coronavirus, came down with COVID-19, diagnosed or undiagnosed, and then experienced symptoms for not the 10 days of isolation recommended by the CDC, or the 15 to 20 days typical of severe cases, or even the six weeks associated with those who die of the disease. Instead, these individuals have symptoms that linger for months after they cease to shed virus. Quick aside on shedding virus. Studies show that individuals with mild cases or who are asymptomatic stop shedding what scientists call replication-competent virus after 10 days from the onset of symptoms. In a very few severe cases, replication-competent virus was shed 10 to 20 days after symptom onset. Scientists say that this replication-competent virus, that is virus that knows how to copy and recopy itself, is what really matters. And another large contact tracing study found that high-risk household and hospital contacts did not develop infection if their exposure to a case patient started six days or more after the case patient's illness onset. So these long haulers likely aren't shedding virus that can lead to infection. In fact, after three months or less, they're likely to test negative for COVID-19 altogether, but they still exhibit symptoms like cough, possibly fever, shortness of breath, COVID fog, the brain fog associated with COVID-19, or worse, delirium headaches, or the many other complications associated with COVID-19 to date. There are now support groups with thousands, even tens of thousands of these individuals, and some estimates indicate that the U.S. could see hundreds of thousands of long haulers by the end of the pandemic. Yet the CDC guidance is to use a symptom-based approach to COVID-19. In other words, watch for symptoms and send workers home to quarantine if they exhibit symptoms of COVID-19. With hundreds of thousands of U.S. workers experiencing potentially months or even years of ongoing symptoms, employers will need to prepare for the possibility that workers will fit into this category and develop a plan to adapt their policies to deal with these anomalies. The other anomaly on my radar at the other end of the COVID spectrum are persistent positives. Remember that virus shedding we talked about earlier? Well. Although the CDC says most individuals stop shedding replication-competent virus after 10 days, during which they should be in isolation, the CDC also says that individuals may continue to shed virus much longer. While most folks seem to test negative as their symptoms resolve, persistent positives continue to test positive for COVID-19 long after the 10 or even 20 days have passed and even after they've, quote, recovered, and all of their symptoms have resolved. In one widely reported example, a physician at the University of California, San Francisco, tested positive for virus more than 90 days after symptom onset, and she still reported some lingering symptoms even five months after symptom onset. The CDC reports that these persistent positive results can appear for up to three months after symptom onset, a full quarter of the year. This means if a negative test result is required to return to work, an ordinary case could result in up to three months of positive tests before a symptom-free individual may return to work. For this reason, many municipalities are issuing guidance that negative test results should not be required to return to work following a COVID-19 diagnosis. But for many employers and their workers, Working side by side with someone actively testing positive for the coronavirus is unthinkable. And yet in this pandemic, it is just one more contingency to plan for. So what is an employer to do? First, take a look at your return to business plan and make sure that your policies are flexible enough to address both long haulers and persistent positives, not only for employees directly affected, but family members of those employees as well. Think close contact restrictions prohibiting employees from returning to work if a family member has exhibited symptoms. Carefully review the wording of these policies for any unintended consequences. Then, make sure you and your team are keeping up to date on the latest guidance from the CDC and your local health departments, as well as your state and local ordinances. And don't forget PR. Make sure that your business has a plan for messaging not only to employees, but to customers and vendors as well, so that everyone feels confident that your business is doing the right things to keep its employees and its customers safe and healthy. And finally, remember that getting through this pandemic is a team effort. There will be more surprises. So consider implementing a process for your team members to be able to reach out to HR or management with suggestions on how to address each of these new challenges. But I know you're wondering i promised you pumas at the start of this podcast what does all this have to do with pumas well i'll tell you our environment has changed dramatically since the onset of the global pandemic so much so that an actual puma yes a mountain lion a cougar pick your favorite name took shelter and was caught outside my very urban home in downtown san francisco how does an employer navigate this new world where In addition to the many other worries you have for your employees, you have to consider new risks like Pumas impacting your employees commute or long haulers and persistent positives trying to find their way back to the workplace to feed their families. Our local news was giving us tips on how to stay safe while a wild mountain lion roamed the streets. Stay alert. If you see the Puma back away slowly, don't run and try not to look like food. I thought this was great advice so I will leave you with this. Wear your mask, stay alert, keep up to date on the latest local, state, and county ordinances, and whatever you do, try not to look like food. Thanks for listening.